Would you turn to Mark 11, please, this morning? Mark the 11th chapter. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, we have extra Bibles. Glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand. You might have three or four at home, but if you didn't bring a Bible this morning, hold up your hand. Let the ushers get one to you. And turn to Mark 11, please. We're glad to see you this morning. Glad to be with you in church. You know, it's sad that there's so many millions of folk that are not in church and don't realize how much they need to be, do they? And some of them have gone to churches where they didn't get anything out of it and and they just don't see any purpose or reason to do it. But it's uh, it's costing them. Everybody needs to be a part of, of a church family. Everybody. The, you know, people don't think so. They think, well, you know, I can just serve the Lord at home by myself just as good as, and be just as good a Christian as you or anybody else. Well, I'm sorry, but you can't. No. You can't ignore the Bible, right? You can't ignore the instructions of the Lord and be as good a Christian as you ought to be. And he told us specifically not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And uh, it's for you, and it's not just for your benefit, it's for you to help other people. Right? We need you in your place, doing your job. Right? Uh, This thing's going to be over in just a few days. We're going to be out of here in a few days. Right? You know, if, if... whether the Lord comes beforehand or, or whether we just live a few more years, if, he, if the Lord waited His time just another uh, few minutes, that'd be too long for me and you. Right? And so, uh, thanks be unto God, we can serve God, and we are. Mark 11, are you there? Y'all going to help me this morning? Or just leave me by myself. <laughs> Sit back and go, well, do what you can. <laughs> Bless me if you can. <laughs> that doesn't work good. <laughs> Let's pray and release our faith for today. Because, so, you know, what, what can I do uh, without the Lord? Nothing. And uh, it's not just up to me. You and I are together on this thing. Let's believe God. Let's get something good. Father, we are before you this morning, and our eyes are not just on each other. We're looking to you. Our eyes are on you. Give us all ears that are open and hearts that are open to receive. Give us revelation of truth that makes free. Show us what pleases you, what's good in your eyes. Anything about our lives that's not pleasing to you, show us and help us. We'll... We'll yield to you and receive and respond to you. Your word is truth and life to us. We respect it. We receive it. And we'll not be hearers only of it. But by your grace we are and shall be doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Somebody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. In Mark 11, we began a few weeks ago on a a series we're calling Faith to Receive. Faith to Receive. And this is our text, Mark 11, 
22. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Now, uh, you'd hear this in many churches across the country and the world. Have faith in God. Believe in God. But what does that mean? You know, Christians say so many things that sound very familiar, and everybody acts like they know what they're talking about, and yet they don't know what it means. They don't know what they're saying when they say it. What does it mean, have faith in God? Believe in God. Well, you could just keep reading the very next verse, and Jesus explains it. He explains a big part of it. Faith in God is a life, isn't it? The, the Old and the New Testaments bring out. I mean, it must be, uh, what, eight times or so throughout the Bible. It's repeated again and again and again. The just shall live by faith. And the just or the justified, those made right, shall walk by faith. Live by faith Walk by faith, not just get born again by faith, right? Not just make heaven by faith, but what? Live. Walk. What does walk mean? Well, that's what you do in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. That's, that's your life. The way you live, your manner of life, the steps you take to get through the day and the night, you're to do it all by faith. What does that mean, though? That does not, that doesn't just need to be some spiritual vague notion to us. If we're, we're to do, we're to get up in the morning, we're, we're to go to breakfast by faith, we're to drive to work by faith, we're to, we're to be on the job and deal with people by faith and deal with our finances by faith and, and go to lunch by faith and, right? Then it must not be some vague notion that everybody just says praise the Lord about it in church on Sunday. We gotta know what this means. What does it mean, have faith in God? Jesus gives us two great uh, revelations into this faith walk and lifestyle in the next verse and the following verse, verse 23 and verse 24. What does it mean to have faith in God? Read verse 23. For, what does for mean? Well, he's connecting what he just, just said. To what he's about to say. What did he just say? Have faith in God. For, he's telling us how to have faith in God. For verily, I say to you that whosoever. So this doesn't just work for preachers or a few super spiritual people. Anybody, everybody, whoever will say to this mountain, faith involves saying. Living by faith involves your mouth. Isn't it something? That probably most of the organized church world thinks we're strange because we make so many confessions. There's no such thing as a faith people that don't make confessions. You understand? No such thing. How many remember 2 Corinthians 4, he talks about we having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed, therefore... I've spoken. We also believe, and therefore, 
When you believe, you speak. No speaky, no believey. <laughs> full of faith, your mouth's going to be full. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It comes out of your mouth. If it's not coming out of your mouth, it's not in you. You're not full of it. So, whoever will say to this man, how do you live by faith? How do you walk by faith? Here's, here's part of it. You're saying. You're saying things in the morning. You're saying things in the afternoon. You're saying things in the evening. You're not just talking idly and emptily, vainly though. You say to the mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, shall not doubt in his heart. It's not just saying something, but you don't doubt what you're saying. And you believe that what you say will come to pass. You will have, he shall have whatsoever he said. People make fun of us for believing this. But Jesus is the one that said it. Red letters. Somebody say red letters. This is the master. This, this is the Christ that Christian comes from. Right? And he's telling us how to live by faith. How to have faith in God. Anything that comes up in our life that's not right on a Monday morning or a Tuesday afternoon. Something's blocking our sails. Something's holding up our business. Something's trying to mess with us. What do you do? Well, the world gripes about it. Cusses about it. Takes it out on other people. Hmm? Makes excuses. What are Christians, real Christians, real faith people, what do they do? They start talking to it. They say, get out of here. <laughs> Whatever it is that's holding you up. Right? You speak to it. Somebody say, speak to it. Didn't say beg God to make it go away. You speak to it. Command it to go. Don't doubt that what you say happens, but believe that what you say happens, and Jesus said, you will have whatever you said. This couldn't be too real to you. Think about it. Meditate upon it. Then he talks about another area of having faith in God. Verse 24. What does it say? Therefore. Now therefore means what? Why is it there? He's connecting the previous two things he said. Right? Have faith in God. Speak to the mountain. And because of all that, now this. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire. Now mountains... Of problems is not what you desire, that's trouble. The trouble didn't come from God. You resist that. You speak against that. But now verse 24 is not talking about mountains of trouble. It's talking about things you desire. Things you want in your life. Good things. Those things you desire when you pray, do what? He's still elaborating on have faith in God. How do you have faith in God? Believe. But so many people, that's all they know, have faith in God, believe. And they say it all the time, but what does it mean? Trust God. 
About what? Believe God. How? About what? Have faith in God. For what? Do you see what I'm talking about? There's too much vagueness and general, oh, I trust God. For what? Oh, I don't know. I just, I just trust God. For what? He's telling you to be specific. Have faith in God. What? That when you speak to that problem, it's going to go away like you told it to. And hear now that when whatever it is you, you're desiring, when you pray, you're going to believe, but not just believe vaguely and generally. Tell me what you're going to believe. You're going to believe that you receive them. And you shall have them. Tell me what Jesus told us to believe about what we desire. When you prayed about what you desired, what did he tell you to believe? Hmm? Most of the church world is not doing this. They're not doing this. They'd tell you, well, just believe that God in his own good way and on good time will do whatever is best for me. You see, in talking about believing God, we are suffering from centuries of wrong teaching. The church has been taught that it's all up to God. Well, what do we do? Have faith in God. What does that mean? Believe that God is, that He's all-powerful, that He can do anything. Well, the Bible says the devils believe that there's a God. They know He's powerful. It's not benefiting them. They're not saved. They're not believing they receive blessings. But this part, believe that you receive, I mean, Jesus said it how many years ago? And yet, it's not real in most of the church. But in Faith Life Church, it's going to be real. We're going to talk about it. We're going to camp on it. We're going to think about it. And if somebody from Faith Life Church in the family looks at you and says, I'm just believing God, you need to say, believe in what? What do you believe you receive? Hmm? I'm just trusting God. For what? What are you believing? Jesus told us specifically how to have faith in God. Didn't he? When it comes to things you want, things you desire in your life, and how many know that if, you, if you're sick, you desire healing? If you're broke and behind on your bills, you desire money to pay your bills. And the church that has told, you know, people that are confused have told the church, well, now, you just never know. It might, you know, maybe it's not God's will for you to pay your bills. Maybe He's working something out in your life that you don't know. Maybe it's not God's will for you to be healed. Maybe you can glorify God more with this sickness or more being broke or more being behind. So the, the, the implication is just trust God that whatever is best for you, He will do. And, let's, and, and whatever does happen, we will assume that's God. Most of the church world is living like this. Assume. Well, where does believing you receive come in in all that? 
It's not happening. And yet that's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus told us to do. What did he say? Believe that you receive. Say it out loud. Believe that you receive. Say it again. Believe that you receive. Receive what? Them. Them what? What you desired. What you asked for. Believe you receive it. Then you'll have it. Now we said this word receive here in the Greek, if you look it up, it literally means take. T-A-K-E. In fact, the same Greek word that's translated receive here uh, scores of times in the same New Testament is translated take. Take. So you wouldn't be doing any injustice to to the text to say, believe you take it. Because it's also translated take. Believe that you receive it. Believe that you take it and you'll have it. Now, I hope this is not too simple for you this morning. I got a lot of places to go, but there's no need in this, you know. How many know you don't run to second base till you hit first base? You got to hit first base. That's why I said it ain't going to count. <laughs> yeah, you'd like to run right across the mound and go to second base, but no. No, you got you to first things first. Uh, believe that you receive them. Believe that you take it. And you'll have it. Now notice that that every word in that phrase is is significant and important, of course. It's simple. It's so simple. A two or three year old could understand it. But the devil does not want you to get this. And so he works overtime trying to make it complicated and confuse people about it. Why? Because if you ever learn how to receive from God, (laughs) your life's going to change. And everybody around you is going to be affected. Right? Because God has never been the problem. God is not withholding. We're not waiting on God. He's waiting on people to learn how to receive. Learn how to appropriate. Learn how to take what has been provided. Believe that you receive. Now notice. Believe that you receive. But what's the first part? Believe. Didn't say feel like you receive. Didn't say, look like you receive. Didn't say, think you receive. What did it say? If you felt like you'd received, you wouldn't have to believe you received. (laughs) If you looked like you received, you wouldn't have to believe you received. It's not looking. It's not feeling. It's not thinking. What is it? It's believing. If it's natural, you could reach out your hand. You could put your hand on it. And you could feel that you got it. And you could feel that you took it. It's not feeling that you receive. It's what? Believing Believing that you receive. Can you believe you receive something you don't feel? Can you believe you receive something that's different from how you thought? Can you? Yeah, you can choose to believe that you receive. Go to John with me, please. Gospel account of John. John, chapter 3, I believe it is. 
I could use a little more help this morning. <laughs> John 3 and verse 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. People have misunderstood this. They say, well, see there. No, you're not going to get it unless God gives it to you. (laughs) You cannot receive it until he has. But when he has, you're not going to enjoy it until you do. God provides. We must possess. God gives. We must receive. Now see, a lot of Christians, even though they'll, they'll say, well, it's up to God whether you're healed or not. It's up to God whether you're filled with the Spirit. It's up to God whether your needs are met or you're financially prosperous. That's all up to God. That's all up to God. And yet, if you say, well, what about somebody being born again? Is that all up to God? They'll say, well, no. (laughs) Well, is it or not? Is everything up to God? If it's up to God, then there's no need to be evangelical. What, What are evangelical Christians? Christians that believe in evangelizing. Which is what? Going out and telling people about Jesus and that you need to believe on Him and you need to receive Him. And evangelicals believe that you're not waiting on God to save you. He's already done it. He's already done the work. He's already paid the price. He's waiting on you to receive it. Now you couldn't receive it unless He had already done it. But you're not going to enjoy what he's already done unless and until you receive it. And how are you going to receive it? Not with your hand, not with your head, not with your emotions. How are you going to receive him? You believe that you receive Jesus as Lord of your life. You believe that you receive forgiveness of sin and cleansing. You believe that you receive it. And if you really do believe that you receive it, do you really receive? Yes. You're born again. Miracles happen. Eternal salvation. And yet, even evangelicals that believe that, once they get born again, then they change and go, yeah, but now everything else is up to God. (laughs) Everything else is up to God. Well, why would we think that getting healed or getting your bills paid is different from how we started in this thing. No, listen, friends. The same way you get born again is the way you make it through the rest of the day. <laughs> the way you got born again is the way you live. Every morning, every afternoon, every good thing and every perfect gift is already been bought and paid for. Jesus is not needing to do something for your healing. Yes. 
He's not needing to do something for our finances. He's already done it, just like he already paid for your sins. It's already been done. What needs to happen now? What has been not, now? We couldn't. We couldn't get it. You know, some people think we're we're arrogant because we think we can step up to God and just believe we take it. They say, "Well, you better sit down <laughs> and just let God give you whatever He decides that you ought to have, and be humble." Well, it's not being humble; it's being ignorant, right? Because it's not what the Lord, if the Lord had told us to sit down and wait on Him and He'd decide for us, then that's what we ought to do. But it's not what He told us. That's what confused men told us. Jesus told us, whatever it is you're desiring, come on and pray. And when you pray, believe, have faith in God. Believe what? Believe that you receive it. You couldn't receive it unless he'd given it. But what he's provided and given by grace must be possessed and received by faith or it'll not be enjoyed. And millions think they're waiting on God and begging him, please do it, please do it, please do it. He's already done it. I said he's already done it. Jesus gave himself spirit and soul and body, didn't he? He hung on the cross. He went to the scourging, the whipping post, the crown of thorns, the spear in the side. He's done it all. He took it all and he said, it is finished. And he's been raised from the dead and he has sat down. Somebody says, sat down. You don't sit down till you're through. He is set down at the right hand of majesty on high, having obtained past tense an eternal redemption for us. He bought it. He's got it. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Begging God to heal you is wrong. Begging God to save you is wrong. Begging God to fill you with the Holy Spirit is wrong. Begging God to meet your needs and pay your bills is wrong. It's confusion. It's ignorance. He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He has. What remains for us? To receive. Oh, God's been waiting. The Lord has waited upon a generation that would excel in receiving. The Lord has longed and desired a generation that would arise and receive and take what has been given and possess the earth. Can you say amen? amen. Somebody said out loud, I'm a believer, I'm a believer. and I'm a, I'm a receiver. I will excel, I will excel. in receiving from God. Receiving from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
just like you get born again. How many understand for somebody to get saved, somebody to get born again, they first have to find out what's been given, don't they? You're not ready to receive, you don't know what, what you're receiving. They first have to find out that Jesus has already bought and paid for their salvation. They've got to find out what's been provided, but that's not the end. Then they've got to rise up in faith and receive. Believe they receive. And you've done, how many in here have done that? Let me see. You, you found out that the Lord loved you and Jesus had paid for your sins and bought your salvation. And how many went the next part and you received? You believed you received. You took this for yourself. And that's why you're here this morning. That's why you're saved. But we must learn how to do the same thing every morning, every noon, and every night in every other area of life, living by faith. Walking, not just getting born again by faith, living by faith. Now, we've talked about this, and that was supposed to be my five-minute intro. (laughs) But I'll just be honest with you, some folk in the crowd were real slow this morning. Real slow about getting in. But I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. (laughs) Uh, We've talked about faith to receive. And we talked about faith to receive the Word. If you weren't here, those are available. Get, Get a hold of it if you want to catch up with us. What did we talk about last week? Anybody remember? Faith to receive the Holy Spirit. And let's go further today. Go to the book of James, first chapter. Let's talk about faith to receive direction. Can anybody use some direction in here this morning? Uh huh. Faith to receive direction. How are you going to get your direction? How are you going to do anything in this life? By faith. By faith. Well, well, faith for what? How does faith work? We, we see two major descriptions of the operation of faith, speaking against problems and believing you receive good things. Well, wisdom and direction is a good thing. So what should we do about our wisdom? Believe. That we receive it. Believe that we take it. That's not what many are doing. But if we're not doing it, let's stir up and get to doing it today. James chapter 1. Several pages away from Mark 11. But it's got, now that we've been thinking about it, it's going to sound real familiar to you. James 1. And verse 5, James 1, 5, if any of you, who will this work for? Any of us. If any of you lack wisdom, let me just stop right here. Wisdom is a big word, and included in wisdom is the plan of God. The wisdom of God There are different words. We won't go into all of it today, but there's the word knowledge, the word understanding, and the word wisdom. They're not the same thing. 
and yet they go together. They flow and work together. Wisdom includes knowledge, I should say, uh, revelation of the future. Remember in 1 Corinthians it talks about the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. They're not the same thing. Word of knowledge would involve revelation of something that has been or is. Something you could know. uh, Word of wisdom has to do with revelation of the future. And revelation of the plan of God. And how many remember one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit who lives in us is to show us things to come. Hmm? Good things. Somebody say good things. Does God have a plan for us? He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. What kind of thoughts? Good thoughts. What kind of plan? Good plan. Do you need to know anything about this plan? You don't have to know all about it. You know you're going to have to walk by faith, but you need to know enough to make the right decisions at the right times and go left when when you're supposed to go left or turn right when you're supposed to turn right or stay straight ahead or or stay when you're supposed to stay or or go when you're supposed to go. You need to know these things. How are you going to find them out? If any man lack wisdom, which includes knowledge of the future, Knowledge and understanding, revelation of the plan of God. If you lack that, boy, you could camp right here for a while. Uh, one of the first, one one thing you got to have to qualify for this is you got to want His plan, not just yours. <laughs> now, if all you care about is what you want, you're already in trouble. You're going to be blind to the plan of God. And there's a lot of times, there's no need the Lord even telling folks things. They won't do it. And they'd just be responsible for it. You've got to be willing to do it in order for Him to talk to you. Uh, Jesus said this in John 7. If any man, one translation brings it like, like, like this. If any man wills to do his will, he will know whether the doctrine is of God or of men. You'll know if you're willing to do His will. I know I I learned this really impressed upon my spirit years ago. I was very busy. And uh, I I taught at Raymond and taught at the healing school and the prayer school. Sometimes I'd teach 24 times a week. That's a lot. And uh, I... It kept coming up in my spirit about doing more things on the road, going out. I, I, I wouldn't have said it that way at the time. I would have said a thought come across my mind. Because when it did, I cast it down. Because I thought, man, I'm meeting myself coming back. What do I want to travel and go out for when I'm doing this much on the, during the week? And so, man, I, I didn't want to hear it. I, I didn't even want to look at it. Well, I was also having some challenges in some other areas, and particularly in my finances, weren't like they needed to be. And I'm praying about that, and praying about that, and praying about that. Months. Somebody say months. months. I remember finally one day, I'm, I was in the house by myself. Uh, nobody was there, and I'm sitting in the chair, 
And I got quiet for just a minute, and it came up in me again about just going out on the road more. And when it did, I thought, Lord, that's you. <laughs> that is you. Now, see, when you don't want something to be the Lord, you can play mental gymnastics with it. You can go, what was that? I don't know. And the moment you do that, the devil will come around and go, we don't know what that was. You go, no, nah, we don't. What was that? We don't know what that was. And you have confused yourself now about the direction of the Lord. You got to be willing to hear it, even if it's something your flesh might not want to hear. And how many know you can trust God? He's not going to just add to your burden. He's going to help you out. He knows what's going to work good for you. But the enemy will tell you, oh, no, you don't want to do that. Man, that, no. And I sat there, and I just put my hands down. I said, Lord, forgive me. This is you. If you want me to do that, I'll do it. I don't know how we're going to do it. But uh, you already knew that before you dealt with me. So, uh Show me how, and we'll do it. And it was just, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me, he said, good. Now I'm going to talk to you about this, about the thing I've been praying about by finances for months. I didn't know the two were connected. But my unwillingness in this area was keeping me from hearing God in this other area. And you understand, it wasn't like I stood up and said, no, I'm not going to do it. No, 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 I didn't do that. I just kind of pretended I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I love God. I was preaching every day virtually. But I just kind of pretended I didn't know what that was. Somebody said out loud, you must be willing, you must be willing. In, order to hear. in order to hear. So we're talking about getting direction. Yes, sir. But to qualify for the direction, you've got to be willing to hear it. Now, in James 1, are you there? Certainly you are. We've already read part of it. If any of you lack wisdom, what do you do? Ask of God. Is it it scriptural and right to ask God to show you His plan for your life? Ask Him, Lord, give me your wisdom about this. Show me what's, what's the right way. Show me the direction on this. It's right to ask. But now keep reading. You don't just stop with asking. Let him ask of God, and God's going to do what? You just never know. (laughs) What can you know? Can you know that the Bible is true, and that if he said he'd do something, he'll do what he said he would do? What can you know? He gives to all men liberally. Gives what to all men? Wisdom. And upbraids not. He won't make fun of you. Because you're dumb. (laughs) it's, It's difficult for us to imagine what a gap there is between our understanding and his. Are you talking about people asking dumb questions? To him... So much stuff that we would say and do would be like, boy, get a grip. But he doesn't upbraid us. And he doesn't treat us condescendingly. If anybody could, it'd be him. But he's so great until he just smiles. And it's one of the dumbest things ever come across our lips. But he just smiles and goes, sure, I'll tell you that. I'll explain that to you. 
Isn't he good? It sounds like a wise parent dealing with a little bitty child, which is exactly what it is. Children can ask dumb questions. But he doesn't upbraid us. And it shall be given him. Now it says twice, God gives to all men liberally. Then it says it again, it shall be given. What shall be given? Can you count on this? Did God tell us he would direct us? Did he tell us he'd give us his plan? That's a little weak. Hmm? Hold your place there. Go to the book of Psalms real quickly. Hold your place there and go to Psalms. I want us to stir ourselves up on this. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Faith for direction comes by hearing the Word about direction. Go to Psalms 18. The reason I'm saying turn there is because uh, it could do you good to mark these. So you can refer to them again later so that you can take other people through these. And remind them, what if, what if somebody comes to you and says, my, my Lord, my Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I got, I got to decide. What am I going to do? What do you say? Hmm? Well, just trust God. <laughs> I mean, no, this is the extent of, of, of most, well, I shouldn't say most, a lot of Christian counsel. Just tr- what does it mean, just trust God? The answer is correct, but what does that mean? Just trust God. Trust God what? Believe that you receive wisdom. Believe that you take it. Now, before you're going to believe that you take it, you've got to believe it's given to you. Because a man can receive nothing unless it's given to him. Has it been given to you? Has God committed to us to give us direction, give us wisdom? We saw it twice right there in James 1. It said, it shall be given him. What shall be given him? Wisdom. Wisdom. Now look at this. This, let's, Let's confirm this in the mouth of more than one witness here. Psalm 18, 28. Are you there? Mark these as we go through. Psalm 18, 28 says, For you... Come up the Lord, will light my candle. The Lord my God will, might, no, will enlighten my darkness. Everybody say that out loud. Lord, you will light my candle. Now we, you know why they said that? Because they didn't have light bulbs. You didn't walk in the house and flip the switch and the light come on. You walked over to the candlestick and lit the candle and the light come on. But today we'd probably say it like that. Lord, you will turn on my light. (laughs) Huh? Well, what does it mean? Well, it was dark between your ears. Have you got time for this? Come on now, stay with me. Stay hooked just a few minutes. People need this. People are desperate for this. Stay with me. It was dark between your ears. 
You didn't know what to do, where to go, when or how. But God reached in and went, click. And what happened? The light come on and you could see. You could see what you needed to do, where you needed to go, when it needed to happen, how. You got the wisdom of God. You will turn on my light. You will enlighten my darkness. It is written in Psalm eighteen twenty-eight. Go to Psalm 32. What we're establishing is that wisdom and direction and light has been promised us, has been given us. So then, therefore, we can receive it. Psalm 32 and uh, 8. Psalm 32, 8. The Lord is speaking. What did He say? I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. Now when the Lord looks at you and tells you something that specific, there ain't but one thing left to do. Believe it. I will instruct you. I will guide you. Go to Psalm 37, 23. 37, 23. The steps of a, actually good is in italics. That means it was added by the translators. It's not there. The reason I say it is because, you know, people read that verse and the devil says, yeah, well, if you was a good man... Then okay, that's not even there. The steps of a man are what? Ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. God actually enjoys guiding you and directing you. Did you know it is hard, nay, impossible to steer a parked car? Huh? You ever tried? <laughs> I mean, even if you got the motor running and good power steering, you can turn the wheels. It's hard. It's labors. You can turn it, but you're not, you're not steering. You're not moving. You got to be moving in order to be directed. As long as you're going to sit down and cry and feel sorry for yourself and do nothing and whine and beg, God can't direct you. There's nothing to direct. You're not moving. Get up, get it in the road, get it moving, right? And you give him something to steer. <laughs> Psalm 48, 48, 14. The reason I'm taking the time to go through these is because this is not the last time you need to do this. You need to mark these. And then go through them again, read them to yourself. Confess them over yourself. Psalm 48 and 14 says, This God 
is our God forever and ever, and He will be our guide even unto death. Somebody said out loud, God is my God. He's my God forever. He is and will be my guide from now all the way to death. Amen. He orders my steps. He directs my paths. He guides me every day. And He will today, tomorrow, and all my days unto death. Say it again. The Lord's my guide. He leads me. He guides me. Psalm 73, 24. 73, 24. He said, you shall guide me with your counsel. Now we're just establishing over and over again, do we have a right to ask for this counsel and to receive it? Are we trying to get away, rend out of the hand of God something He didn't want us to have? No, He's already told us, I'll do it. I'm here for you. I'm giving it to you. He said in Psalm 73, 24, He said, you shall guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Somebody say, I'm going to make it all the way. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to be guided and directed. He's going to give me His counsel every day and order my steps. Give me His wisdom and lead me. Right? All the way from here to death. And then He's going to receive me to glory. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Don't, you don't have to turn to these, but Isaiah 48, 17, just jot it down. Isaiah 48, 17, thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, which teaches you to profit, which leads you by the way that you should go. Did he say he would do it? In the mouth of multiple witnesses, we've seen it. John 10, it's a great passage of Scripture there. He said, my sheep, they know my voice, and the stranger they won't follow. He said, I call my own sheep by name, and I lead them out. Glory to God. Glory to God. John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth has come, He'll do what? He will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of himself, whatever he hears that he'll speak, and he will show you things to come. Can you believe this, friend? Can you believe that you got every right to come before the Father and ask for his counsel and ask for his wisdom and ask why? Because you're not trying to get him to do something he didn't want to do. You're not trying to talk him into this. It was his idea. Go back to James 1. Now let's read the rest of it though. Let's let's talk about the principle, the great principle. God provides. What's next? We must possess. God gives. Is that the end of it? No, what's next? We must receive. 
How do we receive? By faith, which means we believe that we receive. Are you back in James 1 now? Just a little bit more, we can close this up. James 1. If any man lack wisdom, what do you do? It's scriptural to ask. Well, isn't that what Mark eleven twenty four 24 said? What things serve you desire? Do what? Now, see, some folk don't even do that. They say, well, I'm not going to ask. Just, I, I'm just going to believe whatever the Lord knows best for me, he'll do. No, that's wrong. I said, that's wrong. There are legalities involved. You know, uh, who was it? John Wesley that wrote this many, many years ago. He said, it seems God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him to. John Wesley. Why? Because he had found out through experience and through the word, you must ask. What did the scripture say? You have not? Because God hadn't decided to do it? No, because you didn't ask. So well, if God already knows what I need, and He already knows what's best for me, then why do I need to ask? Well, number one, because He told you to. Instead of trying to figure it out, just do what He said. But if you study the Scripture further, you'll see legalities are involved. God has bound Himself by His Word. You have to ask Him in faith before that gives Him a legal right. Because he gave the earth to men. And if he's just going to come in and do something for you without you asking him to or believing him to, he ought to do the same thing for everybody else on the planet. Which takes faith out of the picture. Then God is just doing everything for everybody irrespective of what they do or don't do or believe or don't believe. That's not happening. That's not going to happen. God's not moved by needs. He's not moved just because you want something or need it real bad. Or he's not moved by begging and pleading. What causes God to respond to you? Faith. Faith. James 1. If you lack wisdom, do what? Ask of God. And what will happen? You just never know? What will happen? Let him ask of God, God that gives to all liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. But, <laughs> but, is it, is it all over because God gives? No. It's not the end just because God gives it to you. God could give you all kind of things and you never enjoy them. But, let him ask, how? Oh, here we go, here we go. <laughs> this is what most of the church hadn't got yet. But let him ask, in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. This well you just never know is another phrase for double-mindedness. What do you mean? What, what are you saying when you just never know? Well, maybe he will and maybe he won't. 
But God is wise. <laughs> yeah, and you are not. <laughs> Isn't it double mind? Well, is God going to heal me? Uh, well, we hope so. But God, in His wisdom, doesn't always. So, what are you believing? Save me all that. What are you believing? Well, <laughs> I'm. I believe in God. Great. I have faith in God. For what? <laughs> Do you see this now, guys? Are you with me? For wh- what are you believing? What did Jesus tell us to believe? That we receive. So what are you believing you receive? So when it boils down to it, they're not believing they receive anything. They're believing it's all up to God. And the Bible tells us not to be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We're supposed to come to church. We're supposed to read our Bible. We're supposed to find out that He wants us to have wisdom. That He's already committed to us to give us direction, right? That He's already bought and paid for healing. That He's already, we're supposed to find out these things and then we're supposed to rise up in faith and believe we lay hold of it. And believe we receive it. And believe we take it unto ourselves. I'm not trying to take something from God against His will. Are you kidding? You can't resist. We know better than that. We're talking about laying hold of something that God has long ago already bought paid for, provided, and wrote down and told us, I've given it to you. I wanted you to have it. That's why I gave it to you. Now come and get it. How do I get it? Believe that you receive. You need wisdom. You need to know the plan of God for you. You need direction for your life. God wants you to have it. Come ask Him specific. What do you need? What specific direction? And what? Ask for it. But don't just ask and ask and ask and beg and beg and whine and cry. Don't do that. What do you do? But when you ask, how many see he qualified it, didn't he? Ask, but, but. Now, when you ask, ask in faith. We know from Mark eleven twenty four what that is. What does it mean to ask in faith? It means when you pray, believe that you receive. And you shall have. Let me give you some practical application of this. Now, I don't know at the times that I've had people come to me just in tears, upset, distraught. Brother Keith, pray for me. Brother Keith, pray for me. And a lot of times people want it to end there. Well, just every time you pray, pray for me. I'm not going to do it. I pray all the time. And why are you so important? And why can't you pray for yourself? It's just a bunch of religious laziness. Yeah, it's right for us to pray for each other, but we need to know what we're doing and why, and even if we should be. What do you mean? Well, I got this big thing coming up, and, and, and man, if I make the wrong decision on this thing, it could mess everything up. I, I, and I'm just, and people even say, I'm just, man, I'm afraid I'm going to do the wrong thing. Is there faith in this? No. no, there's fear in it. 
I need to know. I need to know. And, and I've had people look at me just in desperation, bloodshot eyes, and go, I fasted, I've prayed, and I just, I can't get it. I just can't hear from, I, I don't know what he's telling me. I, I can't get him to tell me what to do. They believe God is holding out on them, and, and they're waiting on him to tell them what they need. Is that true or not? No, it's not true. What do they need to believe? Well, when are you going to believe you got your direction? <laughs> you see where the problem comes in, don't you? Because people are wanting to know in their head what to do before they're going to believe they got it. Well, if you already knew, you wouldn't need to believe. You received it. It's not knowing it, it's not feeling it, it's not seeing it. You've got to believe you receive it because you don't see it and know it yet. I'm not wasting your time, friends. Somebody say, believe you receive. Believe you receive. What if you got some big stuff coming up? You need to make the right decision. Let's say you're deciding whether you're going to marry them or not. You're deciding whether you're going to move here or move there. Whether you're going to do this or do that. Whether you're going to expand or partner with this one or sell or buy. What do you do? I mean, that's the way people get rich is knowing when to buy and when to sell. Right? You reckon God knows when to buy and when to sell? You reckon He'd tell you? (laughs) How are you going to get it? Well, you could beg, and you could whine, and you could, you know, rack your brain, or, or you could ask in faith. Lord, I'm asking you to show me what to do on this. I'm asking you to show me the best thing. I'm asking you to show me what your plan is, what your will is, what your way, but there there needs to come a place where you quit asking. Right? And you do what? Lord, I thank you that you have heard me, and by faith, I believe that I receive my wisdom. See, that's what most of the church world's not doing. I believe that I receive my direction. I believe I receive. I believe I receive it. I believe I take it right now. What does that mean? You don't know it in your head yet, but you believe you've taken it. And you believe it's going to be forthcoming. To your understanding, right? And that you are going to know. And you are going to see. He is making it known to you. But before he's able to make it known to you, you got to believe you receive it. Everybody stand up on your feet. Let's act on this. Let's act on this right now. Many folks are in the middle of deciding things. And, uh, oh, thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. It's, it's not hard and confusing. All you need is for Him to flip the switch in your head. <laughs> right? That's all you need. And you could go, that's it, that's it. I'm going to do that. That's it. And then you won't have to debate about it or fuss or discuss or whatever. You know. You see. How are you going to get that? And I said, I wish God would do it for me. And don't come by wishing. And I'm just going to keep praying and asking it. Don't come that way either. How does it come? 
You believe that you receive. I've had people come to me and say, Brother Keith, you know, pray for me. Oh, oh God, I, I got to make this decision. I said, Will you do what I tell you? Well, if I can, I said, You can. But you'll have to decide to. What? 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 Never again say, I don't know. I don't know what to do. They must have said it five times while they're standing in front of me. I don't know what to do. I prayed. I begged God. But I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to. Wonder if you say that another fifty times, what you'll know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Have you ever heard people say that? Have you seen people look at you and go, "What am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do." Don't. Say it again. It is unscriptural. It is words stout against the Lord. The Bible does not say you don't know what to do. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. Don't say you can't hear from God. You're His sheep. You know His voice. It is written. The Bible does not say you don't know what to do. The Bible says in 1 John, you have an unction. You have an anointing of the Holy One and you know all things. It is written. But see, it takes faith to say, I hear from God when you don't feel like you're hearing from God. It takes faith to say, I have an anointing and I know what to do and I will know what to do and I'll do the right thing. When your head says, I ain't got a clue, say, shut up, shut up. Shut up. I have asked the Lord. I have believed I received my direction. I will know what to do. I will do the right thing. And that's all you say. Now you'll be tempted to say something else. You'll be pushed and pressed to talk your ignorance and talk your darkness. Don't do it. Talk faith. Are you ready right now? Everybody said out loud. Said out loud. God is my guide. I am spirit-led. I am spirit-directed. He orders my steps. He directs my paths. He is my guide every day to death. I am His sheep. I hear His voice. I know His voice. A stranger's voice. I will not follow. follow. He leads me me. and I follow. I I have an anointing. I have have the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And I know know what to do. do. He makes me to understand. He He shows me things to come. come. I will do the right thing. I'll make the right choice. I'll do the right thing. I'm always at the right place, at the right time, by the grace of God. He's leading me. He's directing me. And I'm following. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, son. Lift up your hands. Praise the Lord. Oh, Father. You are directing us. You are guiding us and helping us. Thank you. 
Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, Lord. Now, don't say anything else. Let's uh, take communion over this this morning. What do you mean, Brother Keith? Well, let's take communion over this revelation and that we are going to live differently tonight. And we're not going to uh, be scattered and, and frustrated and, and, and fearful and, and always talking about, I, I don't know what to do. I hope I don't do the wrong thing. We're not going to do that. We're going to live by faith. We're going to please God. We know He's leading us. We know it's His will. And we're going to believe we receive it every time we need it. And then we're going to talk like it. Is that good? Ushers, come. Guys, be seated. Keep your eyes open until you're served. Don't leave now if you don't have to. This is important. We're going to honor and show respect to the Lord's body and His blood. And we're going to take communion over this great truth of God's direction in our life. Keep your eyes open until you're served. Sing or or pray. Bless.